grace, mercy, and peace be unto you. From God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Our text for this Transfiguration Sunday is Exodus 24, which is truly one of the most profound passages in the Old Testament. Our God, who is mysterious, our God who is invisible, our God who cannot be seen, was seen. Our God who is holy and glorious and mysterious and terrifying also graciously made a covenant with his people at Mount Sinai. A covenant is a solemn agreement between two or more parties in which there are promises and prohibitions and expectations and penalties that are involved, each making promises to the other. Think of a contract for a loan in which the lender puts up the money up front and the borrower agrees that he will pay off that loan with interest in a timely manner. And there are penalties if he fails to do so. Or think of the dreaded homeowners association agreement where all of the neighbors agree to pay a certain amount every month to maintain the community's property, but also agree that they are going to keep up their property to the community's expectations. A marriage is a covenant in which two people pledge to love each other, trust each other, face all of life together. There are vows that are made and rings are given as a sign of the covenant. The covenant between God and his people, however, was something different. It was never an agreement between equals. God made the covenant and God spelled out the terms. What he promised to do for his people and what he fully expected them to do for him. He made a covenant with Noah. A covenant in which he promised that he would never again destroy the world by a flood. And he put a rainbow in the heavens as a sign of that covenant. He made a covenant with Abraham promising to bless him and his descendants forever. And through his seed all the families on the earth were going to be blessed. And circumcision was the sign of the covenant. The Hebrew phrase for making a covenant is actually cutting a covenant. And so it was a profound and a bloody thing when God made a covenant with Israel at Mount Sinai. The account actually should begin in Exodus chapter 19. Israel was camped at the base of Mount Sinai and the Lord said, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be to me my treasured possession among all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation." But then he warned them to keep their distance, to put a barricade around the mountaintop lest the people think that they could break through, climb up that mountain, see him 
for then they would all die. They were to worship God from afar. And so the Lord appeared to them on this mountaintop in a glorious cloud with thunder and lightning, and he spelled out the terms of the covenant. In chapter 20, he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery, out of the land of Egypt, and you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And so he gave them ten commandments that he expected them to fulfill. The people down below said to Moses, you speak to us and we'll listen. But don't let God speak to us or or we're all going to die. And so Moses became the mediator between the people and God. Moses told them all the terms of the covenant, and now these terrified people all vowed all that the Lord has spoken. We will do. Moses wrote it all down in the book of the covenant, an official record. And the next day he built an altar at the base of the mountain. Young men offered burnt offerings and sacrificed bulls. And the text doesn't tell us how many animals were actually slaughtered, but there must have been an awful lot of blood. Because Moses collected all of that blood into bulls. And he threw half of it against the altar. And then he read the book of the covenant. And once again, terrified, the people vowed with one voice all that the Lord has spoken. We will do. We will be obedient. But then Moses turned around and faced the people with the rest of the blood. And he threw it in their faces. He splattered it all over them. And he said, Behold, the blood of the covenant the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Now there was one blood on the altar and on the people. This was the sign, the seal of the covenant. This one blood made atonement between God and his people. This one blood set Israel apart. Now they were his people. And they were, they were his people and he was their God. And it must have been a gory, bloody, messy scene. I don't, I don't know how anybody could possibly ever forget an event like this. But then God called Moses and Aaron and the 70 elders to come just part way up the mountain. They were still covered with the blood of the covenant. And so he didn't fry them to a crisp. He, he didn't raise a hand against them. Instead, he invited them to come and celebrate with him. And the text says, they beheld, they saw the God of Israel, and they ate and they drank with him. Can you imagine what a a profound and glorious moment this must have been? Could it possibly get any better than that? 
Well, yes, because as soon as the meal was over, the Lord spoke to Moses once again, come up to me on the mountain and stay here. And I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commands that I have written for their instruction. He invited Moses to come up even closer, to spend some time with him on the mountaintop in the midst of all that glory, to speak to him one-on-one, face-to-face. The people down below, they still saw this glorious crowd cloud holy and glorious and mysterious and mighty and dangerous like a devouring fire and yet at the same time a gracious God who had just claimed them of all the people in the world to be his people he had celebrated with all of their leaders he had invited Moses to come near to him and stay with him for 40 days and 40 nights. This covenant defined Israel's relationship with God throughout their history. And God was faithful. God kept all of the promises he made to them in this covenant. And though the people had vowed again and again that they would do everything that the Lord had commanded, they broke the covenant again and again they sinned they were unfaithful to God and they suffered the consequences of doing so again and again that's what happens when you break the covenant that God has made with you when you fail to do all that he has commanded you to do when you sin against his commandments there are consequences and God becomes a terrifying dangerous God like a devouring fire but centuries later God spoke again this time through the prophet Jeremiah God said the time is coming when I will make a new covenant with my people. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. This is the covenant I will make with them. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. This is the covenant that God has made with you and me. And it's a a covenant of blood. Not a blood of the beasts of sacrifices on Jewish altars, but the precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Jesus is the mediator of this new covenant. Jesus knocked down all the barriers that separate us sinful people, preventing us from ever getting closer to our God. Instead of us having to climb our way up the mountain to him, he came down to us. He became one of us. Not in a glorious, terrifying storm with thunder and lightning, but he came on a silent night 
in a lowly manger, a helpless baby, truly one of us. In fact, the only one of us who truly did everything that the Lord has commanded. And yet this Jesus paid the penalty for our failures. He became the sacrifice for our sins. His blood was splattered all over a gory, bloody cross for you and for me. This is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you. This one blood makes atonement between you and God. Through this one blood, God declares, I will forgive your wickedness. I'll remember your sins no more. Through this one blood, he has made you his treasured possession. You are his holy people, set apart from all the people of the world. Now covered with the precious blood of Jesus, he invites you to come to him, not as his equal, never forgetting that he is indeed truly holy and mysterious and glorious and mighty and dangerous like a devouring fire against you. But through the blood of Jesus, he's not out to kill you. He's not going to raise a hand against you. In fact, he's determined that he is going to give you eternal life with him. Covered with the blood of Jesus, he permits you to see him as he truly is, not only a God who demands your perfect obedience and threatens to punish you when, when you disobey, he is also a God who is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in his steadfast love for you. Covered with the blood of Jesus, he welcomes you to, to come nearer to him, to actually eat and drink with him. At the altar here this morning, Jesus offers you his true body and blood. This is the blood of the new covenant shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. That makes this sacrament such a profound thing. Imagine what's going on here this morning. You will be coming into the very presence of God. You will be eating and drinking with Him. You will see Him as the hymn says, face to face. Does it get any better than this for us? Covered with the blood of Jesus. Today he's going to send you back into the world to do everything that he has commanded you to do. To live no longer the way the rest of the world lives because you've been set apart to be his people. To live holy lives for him. There's a beautiful benediction for us today. It comes right at the end of the book of Hebrews. It says, may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in you what is pleasing to him. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. 
brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.